Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. My name is Daryl Urbanski, your host as always. And today we are joined by a business building coach, speaker, and fellow podcaster, Fabienne Raphael. Fabienne helps aspiring and underpaid coaches become highly paid experts. Her background in radio and television hosting help her run a top-ranked marketing to crush your, comp- your competitors podcast. Fabienne has shared the stage with John Lee Dumas, been featured in Forbes, Inc. Magazine, ABC, NBC, Thrive, Global, Huffington Post, plus much, much more. Fabian will also be going to the next Pan American Games in Lima as an athlete's mentor with the Canadian delegation of 500 athletes, which is pretty impressive. As a former uh, elite athlete and physical therapist, Fabian brings a high level of energy, radiance, and authenticity to lead her clients to live their true purpose and get paid for it. So, Fabian, thank you for joining us. It's an honor to talk as always. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, good, yes. good. Yes. We, we were having a little bit of banter. She's in Montreal, buried in the snow right now. Um, I'm not. <laughs> There's a little bit of teasing going back and forth as a result of it. Um, but so, Fabian, I mean, obviously you've accomplished a lot, and it's a fantastic honor to be able to go to the Pan American Games, uh, to be there to support the athletes. But how did you get, like, how did you develop these skills that you have now in business and in coaching? You even mentioned being an elite athlete. Uh, what's the background? Like, do you, is your, are your, do you have entrepreneurial parents or athletic parents or? <laughs> Not at all, actually. Um, I don't have entrepreneurial parents. Uh, I was raised by parents that believed in having the same job for 25, 30 years and retire and all of that mm-hmm. um, and get, you know, your, your degree in university and really hope to have a great job out of it. And I would say that at first, that's what I thought that life was <laughs> until I met great people in my life. Um, for instance, my business and life partner, and he was already into personal development, working for himself and wanting to develop something. So I guess he had good influence on me and dragged me into that. And basically, eventually, well, I was like, well, this is it. Like, maybe this is how I should live my life. And Never looked back since then, but I've tried and uh, tried several businesses and then at a certain point for the lifestyle, for for also the fact that we are such in a business of changing lives with what we're doing online today, I chose that route because uh, that fulfills me every day. So in a nutshell, that's what it is. And then the athlete side, uh, my dad used to play a lot of soccer when he was younger, but my mom was never really a sports lady. And when I was in high school, there's this uh, teacher that came to me. She was like, well, you seem to be good in sport. Why don't you try team handball? And I was like, what's that sport? And she's like, well, come to the tryouts. And I went and I got selected and I played for like 20, 22 years of uh, team handball. And what? along that way, yeah, I, I was selected on the national team and did a lot of competition internationally, played twice at the Pan Am Games, almost made it to the Olympics um, and went to the world and traveled to Brazil a few times. And, you know, like great experience meeting a lot of people from all around the world. And you know how it is. Traveling is opening someone's mind. So when you meet a ton of people and we have to when you have to face challenges in sports or in life, well, it 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 makes you what you are today. And I think that all these experiences made me who I am today. And that's why I feel um, that going there in Lima next summer is going to be very exciting, not only for me, but for the 
people that I will be able to uh, to mentor. Mm, mm, mm. That is awesome. That does sound like a fantastic experience. What I love what you said there is how you did this one activity for over 20 years. And I'm such a fan of that. I mean, we live in an age of instant results and instant gratification. And of course, you want to see progress right away. And a lot of people get overwhelmed starting something new when, and they hear the rule 10,000 hours. And a lot of people don't realize it actually takes 20 hours to get past the beginner stage. So the rest of that's all intermediate. But I just came back from a trip to Tokyo. And when I was there, it was such a theme for me of like of real dedication and mastery to a craft and the fruits that that bears after long-term effort. For example, like I went and trained jujitsu where I, where I used to train Hicks and Gracie and there was a black belt there. You've been training for 20, 20 years and he takes about eight to 12 years to get your black belt. And when he was teaching, he was teaching like 101 fundamentals that you learn your first week, but he still taught it with such passion. And he had such insight into the, like, like what was it? Virtue is doing the common uncommonly well. You know, and so he had such insight into the refinement of the details and how to practice them. And it was just such a it was just so awesome. And his belt was so worn, it was almost white. You know, and then later later that day or that trip even, I went to co- see Kobayashi, who's this guy that ran a ramen shop in the neighborhood I lived in. And I was like, Kobayashi, when I surprised him, we were talking like, how long have you been running this? And he said he was 76 years old and he'd been running that, or sorry, he's 78 years old and he'd been running that restaurant for 67 years. He'd been working oh, there. Oh, wow. He said his father had ran it for 30 years before him. And it's just that like, that theme, you know, of like, just like maybe in another 20 years, I'll figure out what I'm doing, right? Instead of like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like maybe after 20 years, I'll kind of have a clue what I'm up to. And I'm really appreciating that. So what were for you some of the biggest challenges you've had to overcome in your business career? Oh, well, that was a big one uh, when I started out and it was uh, self-confidence, um, especially when I, I wanted to jump into the online world. Uh, I was I spent so much time studying, buying courses, attending conferences, and not necessarily doing anything with it. Because I didn't know, like I was really afraid to sell. And Mm. I was not really, um, let's say, confident enough to say, well, I could help people with something. So I kept hiding behind, okay, let me get more of this, and let me buy this other book, and let me start that program and never finish it, and stuff like that. So so it took me a while. So I, I, I guess that's that that was one of my biggest challenges. Like at first, I was really afraid to sell, um, and then, well, of course, like with with time and with experience, then you have to first of all like go back on yourself and realize, okay, so I have a problem here. Like I need to seek out for the right help. So I met the right people that helped me go through this, and then uh, and then eventually, well, I learned uh, that being more and more comfortable in my uncomfortable zone was what I had to do in order to grow and in order to make it happen. So of course, at first it was scary and difficult, but at a certain point, it's like it becomes scary or we all do scary things or I mean, things that we're afraid of because it's new, because it's, it's, it makes you, um, it, it challenges you to be a higher version of yourself. And, and when you embrace it and you go through it, well, when you're on the other side, you're like, I'm glad I did it. But you're before like, why did I do this it, sooner? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, so I guess, yeah, that, that was my, my, yeah, my biggest challenge in my, in my entrepreneurial journey. So I love this. How did, and this is a, a such a common theme 
uh, and I love it. It's great. It's mindset. It affects us in business and athletics. But you said you were afraid to sell. How did you overcome that or how do you approach it so it's no longer an issue? How do I approach it now? Um, now I don't, I don't know how I approach it. Like, I mean, what I would say is that just shifting into the the idea of helping someone else instead of focusing on myself only, that really helped at first. Um, and then second thing really helped, uh, I had a big problem as, of always comparing myself to others. And the thing is, I was not comparing myself with people that were at the same place as I was. I was comparing myself to people that had, I don't know, 15, 20, 25 years more experience than myself. So basically, I felt really small um, at that time, Fig- like wondering who would I help uh, with the little that I know, right? Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. then um, at a certain point, I don't remember who told me that or where I heard that, but someone was like, well, let's make a comparison as if um, you are, let's say, in sixth grade. So you could help like all the elementary school from first to fifth grade, right? But you're not going to help a high schooler because that high schooler knows maybe more than you um, in school than what you do in sixth grade. So it's the same thing in business. Um, It's not because you don't have a ton of experience or because you have just started and you're like two years in that you can't help someone that has like no year in or someone that doesn't have your area of expertise and stuff like that. So it's as if like just seeing things differently in that sense, I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, I could help people. Like some people need my help. Some people want my help. And yes, I can get paid for that. So I think that just with that shift at first, uh, it really helped. I I love that. And I want to dive into that a little deeper because and give people some examples because I think that it's a really powerful thing to think about. So I love how you say you focus on helping instead of selling, right? You're not trying to convince anyone to do something that they don't want. And I think that's where people get like, I don't want to sell. They really mean they don't want to be pushy and they don't want to push people into things that aren't good for them, right? So think of it as a stern but loving parent, right? Like, hey, you might need yeah. this. And that's where you can have the conversation. If it was a friend, be like, look, man, I know you're afraid, but you, you got these options. And if you can empathize with people, you might feel more comfortable having that conversation. So I love mm-hmm. that approach that helping instead of selling. And I love what you said about the analogy there about uh, the grade school and even just how the skill that you have might be um, beneficial to them and not to be overwhelmed. That was actually for for me just to help give uh, with a story, an illustrative story. I had developed a skill set in marketing for my martial arts school using online tactics that allowed me to build a six-figure business. And then I, I was getting into consulting and outside of work and I got kind of intimidated. I got connected with someone that had been known to do, you know, have multi-million dollar businesses. And I was really intimidated at first at the size of the businesses that they built, but they never done those online before. And so I found mm-hmm. myself taking the skills that I built with my small six-figure school and partnering with them and applying to that. And we did over $3.6 million. And they went on to do $7 million with the online stuff I set up for them. But that was an example of, like you said, like with the different grade schoolers, right? Like if you're in grade six, you might not have anything to teach the high school student. But if that high school student had never studied French and you're in grade six and you go to a French immersion school, then your grade six is, you know what I mean? Like that's, yeah. Like I, yeah. I love that analogy because that's how I read it. That's how I took it. Like if you're in grade six and you're in grade six math, you're right. You're not going to teach a high schooler anything in math. But if you're in grade six of something, 
and they're not even in that, then you could really have something to show them. And that's where you can't be intimidated and focus on helping. Like that, that's what, how I put those together. If you're focused on helping, and that's what happened to me, I'm like, what do you need help with? Oh, you're trying to do that? I know how to do that. And it was mind-boggling for me to see these things that I applied to a local business, how they, how they, how they still worked. It was just extra zeros attached to everything because it yeah, wasn't a bigger market. Sorry. I- I would say also, Daryl, that um, there's a lot of misconceptions. Um, let's say, let's say when I was in that mindset, I really thought that um, I didn't know that much compared to people, right? As mm-hmm. if like, because because what might be normal to you because you're passionate about it or because you have such great expertise on it, like you think that because it's normal for you or because it's easier for you, then it's the same for everyone. But that's not the case. And I think that a lot of people are mistaken because of that too, because they're like, wait a minute, like I know a bit more, but not that much more. Or or people that want to start a coaching business and then they're like, well, wait a minute, I have no credentials. I haven't been to a coaching school or um, I don't have that paper or I don't have that expertise. And mm. what if people ask for that? And what if people like just want to know, what school I went in or what paper I have or, you know, all that stuff. And, and I always answered like people are looking for a solution. Uh, and as, as long as you come from a, a genuine place where you truly genuinely want to help them and you know, you can take them from point A to point B, which is solving their problem. Well, most of the time they don't, they won't necessarily like go into all the nitty gritty details of, wait a minute, like, is that a high schooler or it's someone that went to college or where's their paper and all that stuff? Right. I don't think that's the most important thing. Right. If you're driving and you're about to run out of gas, you pull into a gas station, you're not like, let me see your business license and let me see every, right? You're like, do you have gas? Great. I need some. <laughs> right that's about as far as it goes this place looks okay and even then sometimes people do business with places that they feel are shady like i'm not going to use their bathroom but i'll buy their gasoline and go like right (laughs) like like that sort of thing happens all the time all the time so i think that's another good analogy so what are some of the habits you feel uh that have helped you and even some of the your more, more successful clients what sort of habits or rituals do you feel have been common I, I would say consistency, um, and and that's also a, a that could be a challenge for a lot of people. But uh, consistency, like there's no there's no other word that I can use other than that to to bring you to where you want to go. So when I started online and I didn't really know where I was going, well, um, at that time I had a a call with my blogging coach and he suggested that I start a podcast, and I was like, oh. Sure. What is a podcast? And then I got the tutorial and I got started and I didn't know what my business would look like. But I was like, well, let me do that. Let me do that. Well, Uh, let me reach out to influencers. Let me uh, let me publish uh, a ton of episodes in in a small amount of time. Let me build my audience like that. And and let's see what happens with that. And with the podcast, I had been very consistent. So along the years, well, I was able to get some clients out of it, some speaking gigs, uh, some people wanting to be on the show, uh, credibility, all that stuff. So it was good for my brand, was good for uh, for the people that I met. I developed a ton of friendships out of that, but also collaborations and great opportunities. So 
because I was consistent with it, well, eventually stuff started happening to me because of my podcast. But um, statistics say I think that the majority of people don't go over episode like six or seven with their podcast. Mm-hmm. So as soon as you hit number 10, well, you're above average. Yeah. So. <laughs> I made it to the 10 mark. Yay! <laughs> so anyways, yeah, I would say consistency. Mm, that's powerful. I think you're right. Discipline and consistency. Discipline, because mm. I mean, you do something enough, you're going to get better at it, right? Even if you suck right now, you know, you eventually you'll figure it out. And it's tough. Again, it comes from this world of instant gratification. So I think that mm. comes to tapping into a bigger why. Because if you have a deep why and a deep motivator, you're not just going to give up so easily. And I think that that's part of it. A lot of people, there's like yeah. nice to haves versus must haves or or want to haves. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. So now, um, what are some of the greatest mistakes you see your clients and other entrepreneurs making? Not getting started because they think that they need everything or they're waiting to be ready. A bit like I was doing at first, you know, like getting a ton of tutorials and buying this and that and make some research and and blame it on everything else except that, okay, so I was afraid to start myself, right? So a lot of people think that before starting their their business, they need a website, they need their branding colors, uh, they need to uh, do their market research like pretty, 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 pretty well with all those details and they need this and that, but that's not that's not the point. And I would say that most of the people that I work with, um, they are at a, a place where they've been waiting for so long that they're like, I've got to make this happen because this is my true purpose and I can't take it anymore that I've been waiting so long. Mm. So these are people that were hiding behind excuses or hiding behind like very overwhelmed again because online there's a lot of stuff and stuff. some of the stuff is contract. Dictory? Can I say that? Anyway, so it's not it's not the same from everyone. So they don't know where to get started, and they just need someone to tell them it's possible. Do that first, and then do that second, and then they go on with it. But um, I would say the biggest mistake is thinking that you don't have what it takes to get started, and wait longer again. What What are some of the things people definitely need to have before they get started? Um, what what they need to have is like, well, first of all, is you said it a bit before, like uh, a strong why, because if you're you're in business just to get some money, I mean, you won't stay in business very long. Uh, you need to have like uh, a deeper purpose than that for for yourself first, but also for your loved ones, for the people you want to influence, what legacy you want to you want to leave uh, to the world. Um so I would say that is very important when you're starting your business. But also, like, um, what you need also is is a sincere will to uh, to change to change the world. I would say or influence people because there's no way you're going to do business and be on your own all that time. You are going to work with people and you're going to serve people. So if you're not in a place where you you want to put that as a priority and you want to do everything for yourself only, again, uh, not a great thing to start a business. And I also think that what you need is um, is 
is a great mindset like will or grit or guts. I don't know what to how to call it otherwise, but um you know, like the the warrior type of um personality meaning that it's nobody built anything very easily like if you think that building a business is just like oh no worries i'll work one hour a day (laughs) exactly i'll get money while i sleep and all that stuff i'll work uh, from my phone and uh i would just do selfies all day and i'll be fine uh that's not how you start a business and that's not how you grow it and make it sustainable um so it it needs work it needs time it needs sacrifice sacrifice and needs all of that. And if you're not ready for that, then starting a business is not for you. So, uh, so I would say that, yeah, those are the main things that, that come up like to my mind after that question. And what would you say if there's any people that are out there that are feeling like they're struggling? Like you said before, if you're just at a place where you're trying to make money, that it's not a good place to start. So what would you recommend if there are people that are struggling out there? Is there anything that you would like, what are some guiding lights that you think that they should, they should follow? Mm. You mean if they're struggling getting money or if they want to start their business just to get money? Well, both, but kind of both, because what I mean is like, okay, so we've talked about what you need to have to start. And so now people are getting started, but there's a lot of people in different situations. Some people might have a career that they're leaving, but then they have to like, they've got kids, they got to leave that income. Right. So then there's that catch kind of catch 22, or there's even people that are, all right, I'm just doing this and they're single and whatever, but they have the same issue. Like I got to keep the lights on. Right. Like I remember my buddy, Dan and I we used to call it roof and ramen. Like in the beginning, it was like, as long as I can pay for my roof and I can pay for some hot noodles and water, like I'm good. Like that's all I need is like mac and cheese, you know, like roof and ramen, we called it. So, you know, if there's people that are in struggling like that, I think what are, what would you, I mean, maybe the message is the same, but I just wanted to bring that out for those types of people. What would you recommend? Hmm. I would say that um, you would be surprised how many people uh, that are in a great place. It could be online. It could be offline as a business owner who are ready to help um, and, you know, having, if you can have someone mentoring you, if you really have like no money and you can offer your help, uh, in exchange of some wisdom or some business lessons, I think it would be a great place to start. Um, and I also think that when, when you are in a place where you can't take it anymore and you're really fed up and life seems to suck for you and you just make you want to make things happen and you've never hit so so low in your life then you will find a way actually and I can't tell you how to do it I think everyone that has been in that situation um, dig in into themselves and find that place where it's enough. I never want to be there anymore. I'll do whatever it takes. And sometimes it takes a loan. Sometimes it takes to go work with someone uh, and in exchange of something. And sometimes you are so determined that you are able to make that amount of money that can get you started into doing something that you could sell and get that money for yourself and then keep going with that. So mm-hmm. I don't know if my message was clear enough, but uh, but I, I truly strongly feel that when people are in a place where they are so fed up, um, 
there are so many stories like that, you know, like people hit rock bottom and all of like, not all of a sudden, but with a lot of work and will and, and dedication, well, they make, they make it happen because they were able to, to find that, that last type of energy that was left into them because they aspired to live a better life and they made it happen. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No, I think you're right. I think luxury is a terrible thing. Comfort, apathy, those will be your worst enemies. So, you know, um, being patiently impatient, right? Being dissatisfied, Mm -hmm. you know, being happily dissatisfed. What I mean by Mm -hmm. that is not where you don't have that victim mentality, but be, you know, like, like again almost like the stern but loving parent like you're loving of your life but you're you know you're you're upset with where the way things are and i love what you mm-hmm. said before about partnering with people cuz really there's time knowledge and money and typically people have one or two but they never have all three you might have the time to invest in something and you might have the knowledge of what to do but you don't have the startup capital or maybe you have the money and the knowledge but you don't have the time and that's a perfect opportunity for partnerships and that's part of what's you know we're social we're social creatures and a lot of people like you said they want to just make money in their sleep and you know there are ways to have that happen but generally speaking it's all going to be people dependent a company is just a group of people solving the pain of another group of people via mm-hmm. a product or service it's all people based and so the social skills and interacting with others and collaborating so I, yeah i think that you're right like to get out and interact more network more socialize tell people what you're trying to accomplish tell them what you're looking to help people do get connected, you know, reach out, do more outreach, right? You're not, you're not going to get anywhere cackling to yourself alone in a room. You have to get Mm -hmm. on the phone. You have to get on a Skype call. You got to get on the phone. You got to go to a conference. You got to go somewhere and meet some people, you know, and just be like, here's what I have to offer. What do you have to offer? And, and just try to meet up with someone and then just be part of, you know, and again, it's so all the social issues come out, right? There are dishonest people. There are people that will steal your ideas, but this is a common thing I hear too. People are afraid to tell other people their ideas. I don't want to tell people what my business plan is because, because then they'll do it. But the reality is is everyone is so involved in their own personal stories. The likelihood someone will steal your idea and get running, you know, like, if you are in a race with a competitor, then maybe you do have to be careful because they are like a, they are like a clone version of you, right? They're you're, you're McDonald's and they're Burger King. You got to be careful because they're your right direct competitor. But if you're like running uh, some, if you have a business of some sort and you're worried that one of your staff are going to go up and compete with you, your staff is going to go from zero to running first, and you're already at, you know, you're already you're already moving. So mm-hmm. I think it's just a silly thing to be worried about. Now, what do you think of the future trends of the coaching industry? Where do you think things are going? I really feel that um, with with everything that's happening, like uh, automation replacing what people are doing as jobs. Lately, there's a friend of mine who lives in San Francisco, and she posted about a coffee shop that has no employees anymore. It's just like a computer that you order and a robot that gives you a coffee. I think that people really have to be aware of, wait a minute, like there's no safety anywhere. And I truly feel that everyone, each and every single one of us, like we have something that we do better than others and we have something we can help others with. Um, so so I just want to say that I feel that the coaching business is already like very, um, I feel that it's going to explode and that people are going to be willing to start their own business and be of service of other people with what they know, what they've learned, their skills, their expertise, and all of that. Because 
they will have no choice. I mean, at a certain point, you can't just rely on on a job or on that fake security for you to, you know, to to be safe or to um, to have a brighter future for you and your family. So that's what I think. I think that more and more people will go towards that um, that business. Mm. I mean, that makes sense because it's easy to automate tasks and Japan's been outsourcing that forever. I lived in Tokyo for three years and when I was there, like a lot of places you go, they already have that where you go in, there's a vending machine that you buy a ticket for your meal and then you go and you just hand it to the chef and you sit down and the chef brings it out to you. Like that's, like they've eliminated a lot of the, or they do have table staff, but I don't really see this a lot of places, but the, the, when you sit at your table in a restaurant, there's a button that you press that calls the server over to you. So they're, they're gone are the days of just the servers floating around, checking in on you and interrupting you all the time and like forgetting, neglecting that table and bothering this table too much because there's a pretty girl there. Like instead, they're just you, you get shown to your table when you hit the button, they come and they help you. So one person can do so much more, right, can handle twice mm. as many tables that way. So I think it's more of the thinking stuff. And I think um, I mean, I asked you your opinion, so I I've, and I fully agree with that. I just want to put out there for people to consider, like you get you get paid in relationship to the size of the problems you solve. So if the only problem you're solving is who's going to sit in this convenience store and make sure nobody steals anything between 11 p.m. and 7 a.m., right, that's a certain level of problem. If your problem is how do I stock inventory for this place so we're not overstocked and we don't lose money by having all this unused product on shelves, that's a higher level problem. If the next problem is how do I manage 20 of these locations and make them rent, right, it's a higher level problem in your income will reflect, reflect the level of problems that you solve. So I think mm-hmm. just to add on to what you said, I think people have to elevate. You can't just, like you said, you can't just, you know, pour crushed beans and pour hot water over them and hand them to someone. That's not going to be, a, uh, you know, a way to pay your rent and potentially in the future. No, and I think that Jim Rohn used to say it's the value that you bring to the marketplace. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yep. That's right. How does one person make, what, $50 million, I think, in, in the example when he gave that. I love Jim Rohn. He's like, how does one man make the top income in America, he, th- he said, I think it was $50 million. And what do you have to do to make $50 million? I mean, there's only 24 hours in a day. Well, it's, again, it's the value. If you help a company make a billion dollars, will they give you $50 million? Sure, it's peanuts, right? So it's yeah, it's the value that you bring to the hour. I love that. Yeah. I love that. I love yep. that. I love that. So now, um, I guess we talked about habits. We talked about uh, mistakes see people me- making. What's some of the best advice that you got yourself that's helped you overcome? Kind of you know when you're when you're. Well, I guess you already shared that with a six-year-old. All right, we can skip that one. So then I guess you would say, what what do people do when they get started? Like, how do you get someone up and running? Someone's got an idea, they have a why. What would you recommend they get going? They just go to a meetup and start pitching people? What do you typically recommend? Oh, well, we we spoke about that earlier, but having conversations. Uh, Because some people really think that because they're online, they have to, I don't know, they hide behind their computers and they're just like, I don't know, just typing stuff and posting content, but never interacting. But that's not how you do business. So I would say I encourage people to really interact with who would be their dream clients or like just to see or hear or read 
what are their concerns, what are their challenges, and just to also identify how, how they should communicate with their target audience. So I would say that getting in touch either with networking or online or offline um, with conversations through social media or conversations through let's say like like this, like podcasts, you know, expanding your reach, talking to another audience, make other people know about you and your message, then get those people into a conversation eventually. Well, that's, I mean, that's a, that's off to a great start. That's what I would say. Like for someone that is not necessarily involved yet into hiring someone or investing in themselves for that, but just if they have an idea and they have an expertise and they want to do something with it, well, first thing first, talk about it. Mm, 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 mm. Well said. Fabian, this has been great. And I think for people that either are afraid of selling or have confidence issues or even are just trying to figure out how to do more with what they've got, I think this interview has got a lot of great content for them on helping them get started. Is there anything that I haven't asked you that I should have asked you? Ooh, that's a tricky question. So I guess you haven't. <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect, Daryl. <laughs> yeah, okay, All right. So now um, we have a couple of websites for people that are interested in reaching out to you. Um, do you want to share those? Do you want me to share those? Doesn't really matter. But if people are interested and they want to talk to you about this, they want to get some help either with you know getting more clients on board or getting more confident and comfortable in their power or. Um, just figuring out even who their market is and, and what their big why is, how should they get in touch with you? Yeah, so there are several several things, right? So I have three options. Either if they want to start out just by getting in touch with um, how to become a highly paid expert and build their coaching empire with something that they get for free on my website, they go on fabienraphael.com. If they want to hear more about marketing and all these interviews I did on my podcast marketing to question competitors it's uh you go on the same website and then you click on podcast which is very very easy <laughs> and then third thing if you're ready to get started and you're more serious and you're really tired of waiting and waiting and waiting and listening to that is burning you to start then we could we could schedule a call and it's a free call and it's at the fabienraphael.as.me for a strategy session perfect awesome fabian thank you so much for joining us today it's been an honor and a pleasure i want to hear an update for sure after the pan-american games and uh thank you mm. for coming and sharing with my audience and helping helping us all achieve at a higher level thank you i really enjoyed our conversation